0: Episode 44 of Gaming NBS, sponsored by DarkTheater.net, home of the character Folio. Welcome to Gaming NBS. We are a podcast where we talk about tabletop games, specifically around role-playing games and other... Miscellaneous Topics of Geekery. I'm one of your hosts, Sean.
1: And I am Brett. Welcome back, folks. Or welcome to the show for those of you joining us who are new. Yeah. We may have some new listeners. You never know. All six of our friends may have actually asked one of their friends. So we could have maybe 12 listeners at this point.
0: And then the rest are just poking fun at us. Yeah, mostly. You should listen to these guys.
1: Just do it. (laughs) Just just this
0: one. Yeah, just this one part. Like...
1: <laughs> All yeah, right. Hey,
0: hey, it's it's a unique ping statistics. Should we do it? Yeah, man, let's freaking do this thing.
1: All right. So announcements. Um, on our Google Plus community and a couple other places, and <clears throat> over at Misdirected Mark, they announced it as well. But we have another bonus BS. Uh, we interviewed Phil and Got a little crazy there. Mister uh jumped in. Grabbed the mic, wrestled it out of Phil's hands. There was much squawking, and complaining. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> but Chris kind of shanghaied us there. It was pretty fun. We had a good time talking to him. Chatted about Phil's new um, co-authored book um, that he did with the boys over at um, Gnome Stew. It's the uh, <clears throat> Focal Point book, The Complete Game Master's uh, Guide to Running Extraordinary Sessions. We've got links in there and uh, on our webpage and the show notes from the bonus BS thing. So give that a check. The other piece I had is that uh, Mr. Ed Greenwood, I believe, according to the rumor mill, I think he's actually going to make it to Game Hold this year. I'm kind of an Ed Greenwood fanboy. I'm not a huge – I don't play in the realms on a regular basis, but <clears throat> I look at what he's done and how he did it and a lot of uh, – wh- wh- where I see his stamp, if you will, and how he uh, approaches the realms and the seminars I've seen him in, I always enjoy listening to him and talking with him when I get the chance at, at cons, so it's pretty cool. I'm hoping he can make it.
0: Oh, he so, is, I- He's running the – He's running the adventure that the Game Hole guys threw together and are partnering with him on, and he's running it at the con.
1: Oh, that would be cool. Very, very neat.
0: Sweet. Yeah.
1: The um, The last announcement we have is that today is Wayne Humphrey's birthday. I have Mr. no idea. Mr. Star Wars. Absolutely. So we were, Sean and I were trying to figure out how to do this, and then uh, – Our little uh, Ewok Wayne said uh, something, something. I will honor him with the song of my people, I believe is how it came. Do we we have this? I think so. Hold on. All uh, right.
0: Let me see. I think we got it here. Oh, yes. Everybody sing along now. (laughs) Koti (laughs) Chatugu, Yub Nub.
1: Nice. nice man. We're crazy. There you go. So celebrating Wayne, we had uh, Wayne Humphrey's birthday. We had Wayne our Ewok singing him a song of his people. That was nice. Way to go. Yup. Yubnub. Yub, yub Nub indeed. Hey.
0: Yub Nub to you. Brett.
1: And to you and to you, Sean. And
0: to you. Yubnub right. yub be with you. <laughs> let's let's
1: open that door and do some random encounter. <laughs> yeah, let's
0: do it. that freaking stuff. <laughs> All right, random encounter where we field emails, voicemails, and comments from social media and our blogs from you, the listener. First one up Mo Tuscano from Windsor, Canada. Comments on episode forty one. Free RPG Day. So still catching up slowly. Free RPG Day. At least you found a store that was that was actually participating. Now I, now I feel
1: bad. Yeah, you found two stores that were participating and he had nothing. What is he saying? Nowhere local was participating. Hey, at least, your expe-
0: at least your expectations are right there though. Right? Boom. <laughs> That's true. Right? None. Zero. Nowhere local was. The deal is that the stores have to buy a package at a set price. Each package contains so many items of different varieties, that's why there's the ABC thing. Though it sounds like your store was giving away more than what the initial packages were. The paper bag thing reminds me of what I've seen for free comic book day, but buy and get is not free. I totally agree. Also, why the RPG gamers' random stuff? People are obviously looking for, quote, their system, unquote. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: right? Even if it's not the system you're gaming in, it's the one you want to get a glimpse into. It's the selling opportunity, right? Uh, anyway.
0: I was very bummed that no one was talking part taking taking part locally. It's usually a huge event every year. Ever since Huguen and Munion closed, though, it seems like these store owners don't actually care. They rely on the local gamers to tell them about these things and don't bother keeping up.
1: Ugh. <clears> Hugin, <throat> H- 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 Hugin H- and Munin. Yeah, Hugin and Munin. That is Odin's two ravens that he has, thought oh. and memory.
0: Ah, oh, yeah. My great, yeah. my mythology is lacking. Obviously. <sighs>
1: All right. I know. So next one, I'll do.
0: Chad. Now this one is is <laughs> this could be kind of kooky.
1: This was kind of cool, Chad Knight on episode forty two taboos. Um, Hey, guys, your episode 42, Taboos and Shit, made for some interesting conversation last night at our weekly board game get-together. main conversation was between Zave and myself. Uh, Zave, or Dave, is one of the gamers in my group, and so is Chad. We started uh, by talking about your podcast. Then I asked him if he'd listened to the Taboo episode. I said yes. Or he asked me, excuse me, and I said yes. We talked for a while, and he was trying to come up with anything that he finds taboo for the table. He came up with racial slurs. I kind of disagreed with him. I said, though personally I would never use them in day-to-day conversation, I would drop one in a game if it fits the game. We started talking about when and where I would find it appropriate to use a racial slur and said it fits in a Call of Cthulhu's 1920s game because if you want to feel the 1920s, it was part of the way of life. When I run a 20s game, I will use a racial slur if it has fulfilled a couple requirements. One, <clears throat> has to be there for a reason. I don't personally like the words and will only use them if they have an emphasis point. Two, it has to fit the scenario. Again, the words are so charged that to use them would be shocking and uh, should be used very rarely. It was interesting, but after we spoke about this, we had a crowd of three or four people. Excuse me. We kind of polled everyone. They were all gamers. And it seemed that most of the people there were understanding that if it's in a game and that they were not going out on the streets and spouting hate, um, they seemed to understand that. I want the immersion in my games that make you feel, smell, and taste the 20s, the modern-day, medieval, or renaissance. I want my players to walk away from the game and feel like they were there, and I think changing the way it was is unfair to the players, the authors, and the game itself. I don't know how everyone else prepares for a game, but when I do, uh, he's talking about Call of Cthulhu here, I want to feel like H.P. Lovecraft would walk in the room and recognize his world, his creatures, his inventions. I feel like he would walk in and be like, what is this shit? I would feel like I failed. That's just me. Personal taboos, I haven't found one yet as long as it fulfills a purpose and a reason. That said, I always put out the social contract that says, my plans include this. If you don't want to play my game, that's okay. If you want to discuss the problem, let's talk. However, chances are that I'm still going to run the game in the way I feel comfortable having the creator walk in on me and say, I know this. Sorry it's long and I could have gone even longer, but I'd like to hear what you guys think. Hmm. Interesting. Sean, do you have any any thoughts on that? I do. I
0: don't... uh... I, I I couldn't do it. I, actually, hold on a second. Let's just—I'm going to pause the show quick, quick, because my dog's barking. Hold on one second. Okay, thanks. Look, uh, the the nice thing about podcasting is you pause, and nobody notices the
1: difference. Unless, t- unless we continue to talk about the pause.
0: Oh, well, true. So my <laughs> dog should be a lot quieter now. I apologize. So thoughts going back to what you were asking, I I couldn't do it.
1: Uh, racial slurs. I I couldn't. I just couldn't. I do have it. a – Yeah.
0: I know I so here's my thinking and you know this is not to say that Chad's doing it wrong because if it's his game that's great and if his players are are okay with it I would pro- I'd throw the card I'd be like dude I can't I can't roll that way and this is the reason why it kind of goes to like I know this is going to be kind of off the topic but it kind of goes to gender so if you play a game that's historically accurate um there you get into like the gender stuff right so if you play up time when females were not allowed to do something, very rarely does your game have anything to do with having to have to be male to do it.
1: I, yeah. What is the, I think Phil Vecchion said this in one of the last episodes was, uh, when they're talking about the con game, one of their latest, I think yeah. it was actually, excuse me, their latest one. We yep. said, you know, I've never written an adventure where having a penis was the only way to win the game. Exactly. Or the only way to really get through the adventure. So, I've never played in a Call of Cthulhu game or anything else where the only way to get through it was to be white, black, Asian, whatever ethnicity, Puerto Rican, you know, whatever you have. So the other thing I find is that I have, instead of using some very powerful racial slurs, there's some words that just evoke absolute cringeworthy. And I think we, we know what some of those are. Yeah. And I know Zave pretty well, and I know when, when he is – I've been near him, and I've heard somebody use the word near him, and he loses his shit. It makes him incredibly angry, and I get it. Um, so what I do is there is a way to feel like somebody is excluding you because of who or what you are, right? There's that point where the NPC doesn't talk to the female character and only speaks to the male player character. And you can tell, oh, he's that guy, or he doesn't want to talk to the dock worker who's from the Philippines. He only wants to talk to the librarian who's a white guy in a Call of Cthulhu game. So there's other ways to evoke a feeling of this person is an asshole about this particular thing, or that's the way this piece of society is operating. Similar to you know dwarves don't like elves, elves aren't keen on dwarves, and some of those well, components. But it, this is a, this is a really harsh one when you're talking in a modern world. Well, not there's only ways that. to make it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, well, I interrupt because is somebody doing the same thing with thousand and dwarves?
1: I mean, are See, they I think g- the, the argument is that they're, they're non-existent entities, right?
0: Well, that's true, but you could still get derogatory and pretty ruthless, actually.
1: Yes, you can. You can come up with some pretty hateful things that the dwarf could say about the elves or vice versa. And when it becomes to a point, becomes to a point, when it gets to a point that the player himself or herself is like, look... I feel like you're attacking me as the player and not just, you know, Ragnar the Dwarf or or whomever the elf. You know, I feel like you're really <laughs> saying these horrible things to me and I'm getting offended. That's where the, you know, that's where you need to stop. You know, that's where the X card type of thing comes out. So I don't use I I um I was playing a Call of Cthulhu game and I warned the players this a number of years ago, I warned my group, hey, you know, I might drop a racial slur. And everyone went, okay, I guess, you know, if we needed to. I didn't the whole game. It, it never came up. I did this thinking in my head like, oh, my God, I got to play the 20s. I have to do this. And I never had an opportunity where that was the go-to thing that I had to do. It was always another way to get the feeling across or whatever it was. So I, I never had to do it. So that's my take.
0: Yeah. Thanks for writing in, Chad. Uh, so we've got, we got a little, I think, differences of, of how we'd roll. And that's okay. But um, so, say la vie.
1: Well, I mean, to me, the coolest thing about anything that you and I could talk about, Sean, we're talking about this. And one of our listeners grabs it, and it evokes this type of a conversation between Zave and Chad. Just hey, what, what about this? What about that? Those sometimes the social contract thing isn't always in your face, you know. Like, like we talked about a couple different times, and, and Phil and Chris have talked about sometimes having it outside the game, discussing things that you like or don't like, or even when um, uh, Carl Keisler from when he was talking about the the dogs. And the animals that the one woman who was playing with him was really offended by it became an outside the game discussion to ferret out what the problem was. So I think that's cool when you when you get these types of things. That it gives other gamers out there because again, if you're listening to a gaming podcast, you're pretty much an alpha gamer in my opinion. You're one of those people who takes the hobby incredibly seriously, sinking a lot of time and energy into it, and you want to figure out how to get better, stronger, faster. You know, be the six million dollar gamer, <laughs> and we got to figure out how to. Uh, to address this stuff. Uh, even if it's, it hasn't hit you yet, it's going to happen at some point. So hey, anyway, d- good stuff. Yeah. You
0: got to bring it up ahead of time. All right, let's go to the sponsor. Uh, right. <coughs> Michael Alhauser is the gamer and owner behind the grayed out dice bags.
1: Yeah. I've got a couple of these, uh, dice bags from his, they're dual drawstring stand-up bags, tough as nails. Um, he's always done custom work for me. He's got a ton of stuff in his shop. You name it. He could probably pull it off for you.
0: Yeah, so if you're interested in getting one, you could go to com. That's G-R-E-Y-E-D-O-U-T.etsy.com and put in promo code GAMINGNBS to receive 10% off your order.
1: Fresh. I like that. That was fresh. Something.
0: Changing it up here gaming. BS. Yes. <laughs> Keeping bit. ourselves on our toes.
1: Exactly. Just to see, do we have it memorized or not? I have no <laughs> idea.
0: All right. Topical discussion.
1: Yes. So when we did interview Phil, we were talking about I, I had a little self-serving portion of the interview where I asked the boys, Chris, because he, he uh, jumped in there. And Phil, I said, is there a topic you'd like Sean and I to cover? Um, <clears throat> Chris had one I'll save for another day, but the one Phil brought up was the – the nasty topic of fudging dice rolls. I believe Mr. Sneeze, I hates it, hates it, hates it. And uh, after playing D&D for the past couple days with my boys you might- and fudging a few dice rolls myself and watching my son AJ fudge some dice rolls. What the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a, little, he's a little chip off the old, uh, old block there. Um, but anyhow, I want to talk about it a little bit because there's lots of different ways to take it and so on. And I was just kind of curious because not only from the GM side, but from the player side. So we'll talk about game master side first. So, Sean, if you, I think <laughs> I've always said that if you're, if you say I never fudge my dice, the only way to do it and prove it is to roll in the open. I... Otherwise, otherwise, as a player, I have always assumed that the game master is tweaking the numbers in some way. Sean, what do you think? you fudge
0: them? Dude, I don't even roll dice. I have my <laughs> I just, Android I, phone behind the screen, and I just hit a button. And it makes it sound like I'm rolling a die. Like I have a die that I recorded myself. I take a 20-sider, <laughs> and I put it in my ring hand, right, with my yeah. wedding band. And I kind of jiggle it around so it hits the wedding band. And I record that sound effect, and then I kind of plop it down on a – Notebook.
1: You're you're, you're a shitty liar.
0: I put it on a notebook (laughs) and I record that. So whenever I just, I just, whenever I need a break from the game, I just, hold on a second, and I just push a button.
1: And it rolls it for you. And there you go.
0: And it plays the sound. So it kind of, yeah, let me see if I can, look at this. I got my dice bag right
1: here, Brett. Look at that. Oh, that looks like a grayed out dice bag. It is a grayed out
0: dice bag, actually. And it's got the, it's the old school. So if I, if I can see if I can. See, I usually roll with my right hand because I'm I'm right-handed. Yeah. So, yeah. but my ring's on my left, so I, it kind of sounds like shit.
1: Little little ticky tick. There. You can hear
0: that, yeah. And then and then it sounds like this here and let's see. <laughs> right. So if you heard that, that's my that's my sound effect. I don't have my phone in front of me right now.
1: <laughs> so and seriously. So though-
0: regardless of what the number comes up, I just dictate what happens. So that's why my games fricking rock because of course I make them rock. Like even if the players are dumb as a box of rocks.
1: Forced story.
0: No, no way. There's no way it
1: isn't going to happen. It's an illusion. It's illusion.
0: All your shit. Hey, GMs, players out there in role playing game land, all that shit's an illusion. Yeah. We're all
1: on one great big railroad. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) You think
0: you're playing a game and you think you've got player agency. I'm here to tell you, that shit ain't happening. Nice.
1: So, on my side, I want to tell a little story. Back when I was uh, running Vampire, number, many years ago when I first started, I had a des- I decided that I wasn't going to kill a player unless it was uh, thematically worthy, right? It had to- something cool in the story. The player wanted him to die. It was a cool death or something along those lines. Otherwise, I wouldn't kill any players. I just tortured the <laughs> – I didn't kill players at all, honestly. I uh, didn't kill any characters. I tortured the living shit out of them, right? You know, take away stuff, loved ones, <clears throat> things they built, money, resources, just tortured the characters because it was supposed to be this gothic horror personal thing. So I was kind of trashing the characters. But I never killed anybody. <clears throat> so there was a time a girl I was dating in college was showed up at a game. She was kind of interested to see what it was about. So she's sitting next to me while I'm, while I'm DMing or game mastering at the time. And I used to have a – I've got the first edition – White Wolf GM screen. I had it in front of me. I picked up a fistful of D10s because it was all dice pools. Shooka, shooka, shuck! They hit the floor or a table, and I'm like flipping over. Oh, my God. Blah, this happened. And by this point, Heather, the girl who was dating, knew what the rule was and knew what the target number was, and she looked at me, and she said out loud, why are you rolling the dice if you're not going to bother to use them? Because it was very clear. that My I had, thoughts like,
0: exactly. That's why I got an
1: Fistfuls of tens and nines and eights. It was like just death everywhere, but I didn't want to kill the guy. So I did something else, but so the room erupts in laughter. I got 11 men and women at the game just giggling and and laughing their ass off. My buddy John looks at her and says, we know he cheats. We just, but we don't care. And that was the end of it.
0: See, John's going along with the illusion. He's a good player.
1: (laughs) I like John. Um, He's still in my group. But the point was, is that they didn't care, at least at the time. (laughs) I don't know if they care anymore. But the dice, kind of where the dice, let the dice fall where they may as a game master has been something that I personally have a very hard time with. I think I have a natural tendency to not want to kill characters out of hand from the capriciousness of, I'm sorry, this thing occurred. You happen to be in a fight with goblins, and one of them rolls a 20. Oh, my God, three 20s, three crits? Bam, you're dead. I'm sorry. You're fifth level, but you just got gacked. Too bad. Now, on the flip side, my buddy Lenny would be like, well, too fucking bad. You know, that's that's how combat is. You know, you going to combat it should be scary, and anybody can die at any time. So I've been leaning more in that direction over the years. Like, look, if it's a bad die roll, it's a bad die roll, and, and you might die. And instead of being afraid of what that will do to my story, I'm starting to look at it as a challenge for me as a game master saying, okay, wow, um, <laughs> the – The fifth level wizard, the fighter, the the star, the starship captain, whoever it was, died. Uh, Shit. That's a big that's a big turn of events for this whole story. Complete the combat, complete the whatever it was. Take a 10 minute break, send the boys out for a cigarette. I grab a beer and try to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. So I kind of instead of manipulating the story through fudging the dice so heavily, I'm now leaning more towards, well, if the dice do something kind of crazy, I'm trying to see it as an opportunity. Versus something that I have to fudge in order to, quote unquote, you know, make it work right or make it feel appropriate. So that's kind of where I'm standing at this point. I used to do it a lot and I'm getting more further away from it. (laughs) There you go.
0: Yeah, you you, you you... succeeded on that. Oh, thank you. Well
1: done. (laughs) So when you're behind the screen. Do you, I mean, if you're, if we're in, if we're in person, you're rolling dice behind the screen. Are you always let the dice fall where they may? Is that what you do? Do you fudge them at all?
0: If I'm running a campaign, I don't fudge them at all. Nope. Roll them out. No, I'll roll them to the side. I roll them to the side with usually there's a guy or gal or player. When you say
1: roll them to the side, you roll them in view of one or more players. Yeah,
0: I I don't do it like open on the table. I'll do it off to the side where there's a player that's sitting there that'll, you know, they'll occasionally try to peek around anyway. So I'll just put them there and I'll say, look, dude, right there. There's a 20. And and a lot of people I play with do that. They'll. They'll sit there and ooh, oh, oh man, two crits, dude. Oh, you're so screwed. And sure enough, yeah, yep, totally screwed. I do it in um, I do it in long term games and one shots. I'd probably fudge a snot out of them. So, so like
1: a, so a con game, then. yeah. yeah con if I get game, game hole, of...
0: game hole, my my method of um, just hitting a button on my phone. You guys, I'll, I'll roll. And, well, maybe not. I'll roll. It'll be behind the screen,
1: maybe. But you might you might mess with it a little bit.
0: Well, who so wants do you think- to kill? Who wants to kill somebody in the first five minutes of a con game? I mean, I think I always hear this argument on uh, I think, podcasts. I think
1: Tim Cask, <laughs> I think he's well known for slaughtering characters.
0: Well, maybe have a few few backups. I guess if it's one of those yeah. where like DCC games, it's like, oh, there goes another one. Here you go. Here, pick yeah. from the pile.
1: Well, I've heard I've heard it described as you know when you're doing this game master, you're cheating. They see it as tantamount to if a player. On the table, cheats at his dice. Right, he always rolls fifteen or higher, or he's got a dice set, or he's flipping dice, or you know, adding bad numbers on purpose. I mean, I, we, we've talked about having cheaters at the table before. You and I have. And well, how um, come
0: how come you, they're they're considered cheaters, but the GM isn't?
1: That's what I'm asking. Oh, that's, Is that, yeah. from from your perspective. Do you see it then as hey, if a player's a cheater for doing it, then you're a cheater as a game master?
0: No, I think that game masters never cheat. Okay, <laughs>
1: wasn't sure what to do with that.
0: I don't think a game master. Hey, I'm running this. I'm running this show. Hey, rule zero, baby. Rule zero. What game I game
1: master's say, always right.
0: What I say goes. So what the hell? You can't cheat, right?
1: <laughs> so if I were to say, look, we're here to tell a story, and I don't want to.
0: That's why my method works the best. Okay. Yep. Because so if we're gonna tell think, a story, I don't, you know, I want to make sure it goes a particular way. If that character is not supposed to die, well, guess what? You're not gonna die. Okay, but when it's done and said, and you've like, you're you're Boromir, and you're fighting off a horde of orcs, you're gonna go down in a freaking pile of glory.
1: So now, so there's a there's a piece of that right where if the player says, "I want to die," I'm more than what well, my character. I think I think my character should probably. You know, he's getting a little crazy. He's doing whatever. I think you know if you kill him, that's fine. So are you then going to say, well, I'm sorry the dice uh, fall where they may. I haven't hit you for four combat. Sorry. It
0: all you're, depends you're on what are trying
1: desperately to die, but it's not going to happen. All... Yorks keep missing you for him yep. here.
0: All depends on what chapter we're in.
1: all depends not, on what chapter It's not we're in. your
0: time yet, dude. Sorry.
1: Oh, I stand in sweet. front of the moving train. Psh. Nope, sorry. Train derails. <laughs> stops dead. Can't happen.
0: You wake up. Oh, you're not even in front of the train. It was a
1: bad the dream. Thing, the only thing more powerful than that train is Sean's railroad campaign <laughs> <Yeah>. train.
0: Tonight, <laughs> I'm gonna totally run a game at a con and never roll a die, and it'll be that's the called, best.
1: Called,
0: it'll be the best game con event ever.
1: Just go to an AmberCon, then they don't roll dice.
0: Yeah, but you still have yeah. the I get to achieve this.
1: Kinda. Still diceless.
0: Hey, yeah, so anyway, that's just a reminder that I'll be running a game at Game Make sure you register. You will have the uh, the time of your life.
1: Exactly. I guarantee, you can't die, apparently.
0: I, I guarantee it. Because it's the story. So, I got a great story in my mind. I will tell it to you. Just sit at the table.
1: See, pardon of me right now, <laughs> I kind of think you might be serious. am not sure. I really can't tell. I'm looking at them, people here, and I can't tell if Brett, he's fucking with Brett's me or in he's my not. game
0: group. Wait until this Wednesday.
1: Nice. So, as a player, though, if you're playing a Brett's game, and do you care if the game master is fudging him As long as you're having fun, I mean, does what from? So you're behind. You're on the other side of the screen, right? Do I know? I personally don't give a shit. Do I know? It Doesn't bother me. Do I know? I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Well, would you? I, would you care?
0: Ignorance is bliss. I think. Would I so care? As
1: as, <clears throat> would you care if, if if I said, look, I fudge dice because I just want to make sure that you don't die stupid or. Whatever. What if I, you, what if you fudge
0: them the other way? Oh, dude, you totally got smoked. Like four crits. I shit you not. Look, all, 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 all your twenty set four dice behind the screen. all your twenty siders uh-huh. are at uh, twenty.
1: So does that bother you? If someone says, "Look, I, I fudged dice." Well, that'll four.
0: piss that'll piss me off. Four, are you
1: serious? four, are you serious? four 20s? No,
0: not 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 the four <laughs>
1: crits, dude. But if I tell you I fudge dice, is that gonna like? I'm not fucking playing with you, Brett.
0: Uh, who in the hell GMs and says, dude, I just want to let everybody know at the table, I fudge dice, so just want to let you know, right? Nobody's going to so, know. That's the whole point of this whole argument. Nobody well, should know. Brett's just doing it behind the back. That, that, that goes to my argument, man. I'm going to roll. I'm going to get an I, iPad app. 50, that makes, 50 cents.
1: So well, they it, make... They make die rollers on the iPad. Dude, no,
0: but I don't. I don't need a die roller. I just need the sound effect. Just, well, that's
1: what I'm saying. You get a free die roller. It makes the dice sound click, 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 click. Roll big, them all day long.
0: The big, the big button. Yeah. Ro- fake roll. How many dice? <laughs> if it's a, it's a dice pool. Well, then I don't have to be like sick. Just hit dice pool or individual dice. I see. I would. Uh, I don't know because that's so. How would you know? And if I didn't know, I wouldn't give a shit. But if I knew Well, then I had to string you up by your balls.
1: Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, you're dead to me. <laughs> no.
0: No, I don't I don't know. I uh I yeah, I would say, why are you fudging dice rolls? I don't get caught up with the not dying part. I think some people do or
1: I think you're right. I think that's where some of it comes into is that they don't sometimes as a game master you'll have that favorite NPC and you're like, man, it would be really cool if, you know, you know, Lord whatever Lord Flashheart lived until the next episode because it would be really cool to have him. He's supposed to be the big bad guy, but they got lucky in the first comment and they fucking killed him. I don't want him dead. So yeah, he escapes or whatever you pull out of your ass.
0: Brett, have you ever had a player where you're afraid to to kill his guy, his or her guy? Yes. Huh? So have you fudged dice because of those, th- that individual?
1: I have in the past. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, sometimes I think it comes to that. Like, I got a buddy of mine, Jeff.
1: I also, I mean, killed, I also killed a player one time. Because, killed a player. <laughs> no, I did not kill a going, player. Here we going,
0: killing players. Died. Now it's on tape. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to testify. Your Honor,
1: <laughs> I thought he was Your kidding. No, he did say. No, I, killed, I've, I have killed characters years and God, this is like high school, early college, where I was sick of the player, so I just aced his character. I'm like, just, you're dead. Something happened. Oh, brick fell on you. You know, blocks fall, motherfucker. You're dead. So you fudged it to kill him. Yeah, yes. I have.
0: Well, there you go. Works both ways, right? It can <laughs> good, good and evil.
1: Now that said, like I well, like I kind of let off with. I don't do that now. What I try to do now is look at it instead of saying, "Well, I really need to manipulate it so that the story's cool." And this is what I have to do. And what I'm what I'm doing now is, I see that as kind of this is probably going to come across as um, condescending or arrogant, but when you're doing it to keep the story going in a certain way, that's a pretty entry-level way to try to keep your story rolling, right? Because you have a preset mo- notion of, well, I, God, this is you know Lord Flashheart the Deadly and he's supposed to be in the final solution or the big problem thing that they're going to fight at the end. If I don't save Lord Flashheart, this is not good. So instead of doing that, if they do kill him early on when I didn't expect them to because the players are wacky and the characters pull something off, I now take it as a challenge... Within the story itself to say, hey, who's Lord Flashheart's son, his brother, his somebody? Else? How can I bring in a, yet a new person? Look back at the NPC roster and, and drag somebody from the depths and thrust them into the Lord Nasty Evil Bastardhood or whatever it takes. So now I see it instead of, like I said, the entry level is manipulating the dice so that it does what you want versus um, taking the story, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. And all the different components that you can work with. And not just seeing the dice as the only thing to work with to keep the narrative going the way you want it to. There's all the ways to keep the narrative going. You may have to make some adjustments on, on, the, on the road, but you don't have to use the dice as the only vehicle to get you there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that um, – I think that – I think some GMs – what is it? What is it, the one show? Was it Gamers? The Gamers movie? Or, no, 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 no. It was um, Zero Charisma, which is another movie that okay. the, the Nerdist kick-started and produced. And you can go out and Google this, the, the Zero Charisma. And it is like, so I think a lot of people might not like it because it portrays a guy who's your, uh, the guy who has zero charisma. He's the GM. He's always the GM. and He's always been the GM. And he doesn't have a great social personality and
1: it's the great anti-stereotype it's the nasty stereotype yeah yeah right yeah
0: and he has a new guy join the group because these guys like this new guy and he's like okay fine whatever the new guy can join well the new guy starts to question his authority and how you know so he's so he's talking about he was starting to monologue a scene and the guy's like i take out my bow and shoot him and the guy's like, whoa, he's not even done talking. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to shoot him. I've rolled. Boom. The guy's like, 20. And the guys around the table are like, oh my God, he, he rolled a 20. Awesome. Yeah. And the GM gets pissed off. He's like, you can't, you know, you can't do that. He's not even done talking. Blah 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 blah. So I bring that up. If you watch it, you'll. I mean, you know this because if you've GM'd, you're like, <laughs> God damn it, I have something to say, and you just killed my friend. <laughs> you guy. sons of bitches killed my guy. Killed my guy. So I think the reason I bring that up is because fudging dice or or getting to that point is like I think you as a GM, we kind of have a little bit of something in our brain that we want to do, and if it's, I mean. Let's face it, there's a lot of movies, a lot of books, and a lot of stories out there where there's the bad guy, and the bad guy's going to monologue or make a presence and do or say whatever or reveal the big plot scheme. And you want to be able to do that in a cool fashion, but if you got a player that's going to be like, I whip on my bow, and I fire two arrows because I have multi-shot, and, oh, by the way, I rolled two 20s, oh, and I confirmed them if you have to confirm them or not, yeah, oh, I did uh 30 points of da- you know, 40 points of damage. Now you could fudge it and say, "Okay, you didn't kill him, but say he di- he's supposed to die." And then yeah. there goes you're like, "Dude, this is kind of the coolest part of my shit," and you just fucked it up.
1: So, so you've got to you got to adjust. You have you, to adjust the story then.
0: Yeah, I roll for I I want to shoot. You can't right now. It's we're hold on a second. No, I so, get to do it. It's a surprise round. I get to do it. He won't even see it coming. Well, hold on.
1: Let's roll for surprise. Let's do this. So where, where I'm coming from is I think, and this just hit me now, that instead of manipulating dice, what I'm doing now is I'm manipulating tactics. And here's what I mean by that. So <clears throat> this last Friday, or excuse me, um, Saturday, yesterday. Yesterday was Saturday. Yes, it was. So I'm playing D&D with my boys. And um, previously they had fought an owlbear, an owlbear mother and its cub. And I decided that they were first level characters. There were three of them. Connor's playing two guys, and AJ's got one. So the characters sneak up on this thing. They find this cave, and the cub is in there. It's pretty big, it's kind of scary. So they're fighting that. They've just about got the thing to run away from them because um, tactically, I've decided because it's a cub, it will only fight so long, then it will leave. Well, they scare the cub off enough, they damage it enough, it runs away. They're like, oh my God, that was it. you know what are we going to go in the cave? What do you want to do? And roar! The mother pops up. Holy shit! So instead of tactically saying, "Hey, guess what?" the baby comes back out and the cub starts hitting you from the back and you're flanked. You're crushed between these two things. I decided tactically that the cub is going to stay in the cave because it's scared, and its mother's going to work is going to work the party over. So then it was again three guys against the mother. They worked it back and forth, back and forth, and. Then the first character who did the most amount of damage, I decided that's the one that the mother's going to go after. happened to be Connor's half work. Bam, bam, bam. She's wailing on him, leaving the magic user alone because the magic user stayed back. I could have done other tactical things to completely fuck up the kids, right? Their characters could have been dead as hell and totally wrecked them. But what I did to make the encounter entertaining and fun for them was I used manipulated tactics of the creatures and said, well – I'm going to have them do this type of thing, which makes logical sense in Brett's head, and the players will if they if Connor and AJ figure it out, they can use that to their advantage. And the dice are still going to fall where they may. I mean, I they I think Connor's half work was knocked to zero hit points like three times. The mage was down once because he got too close. It was very touch and go. But through manipulating the tactics and still letting the dice fall where they may, it was very scary and harrowing event for the uh, for my boys. But they still had the feeling like they, they did really cool stuff, and uh, they got to fight a big, uh, tough monster, but the dice were still an absolute factor. One of them could have died. They knew that. But instead of jacking around with the dice, I, quote, unquote, quote, fudged the tactics. Instead of maximizing the amount of damage I could do, I determined that tactically the owlbears weren't into that, and that's not what they were going to do because one of them was a cub and scared. So what do you think about that, manipulating tactics instead of dice?
0: Yeah, that's fine. I mean, tactics. I mean, you can have things do whatever. The tat- now tactics may get called into question when you're dealing with something that doesn't have the intelligence capability of doing tactics. Like, oh, they're gonna flank. What? They're freaking dog. They don't know what flanking is. They don't have. They don't have combat
1: prowess. But dogs do attack. Um, dogs usually, well, some of them can attack in packs, like wolves, and know how to trip kill. Well, them. that's they different. Work a team. Yeah,
0: pack attacks are different, though. What I'm talking yep. about is it's me and this dog or wolf, my companion, and my wolf's going to go to the other side so I can get a flank. That's bullshit. Come on. <laughs> so I mean, tactics so, can come into play, but yeah, whatever.
1: I guess I th- I I believe, and perhaps there, you know pe- people listening to this can correct me, but I think it comes off. If you believe, if you, if the, the tactics are what you see and are described, you can work with, excuse me, <coughs> I got this horrible cough today. Um, the dice, though, are the behind the screen or rolled openly, but I'm changing bonuses around, whatever fudging I might want to do There's always that unknown. Is Brad or Sean playing it straight with the dice or not? The tactics, though, are tactical, and they're tactile, and that's the thing that you're seeing as a player. You're listening to the descriptions, and that's what your player characters are interacting with. The characters are are dealing with the owlbear or the uh, winged kobolds that they fought after that and and so forth. And by having the monsters or the NPCs act with brains and whatever their tactics are, I may even decide that, you know, I'm going to cut the guy some slack, and instead of going for maximum kill damage, these brigands are... Younger brigands, they're not really experienced, and they're not necessarily out for blood. They just want to hit you, knock you down, threaten you, and take your stuff. Well, if you killed three out of the five of them. The other two break and run. Kind of a forced morale check, if you will. I determine ahead that that's what what would happen if something happens. I, you know, if you kill over half the party of the bad guys, the rest of them are going to run because they're cowards. And using that type of thing in I hate to say I'm stacking the deck in the player's favor, but I'm giving them something that they can utilize tactically on the, on the combat scene or within the, um, within the monologue, you know, that, Hey, you, you could shoot him, but he's standing behind uh he's standing behind, he's monologuing, but he's behind bulletproof glass. He's monologuing, but he's standing behind some guards. You don't, can't get a clear shot. You're a negative five to hit him. Now, if you wait until he gets clear of them, you, you can take a complete shot. Great. Then I get to still do my monologue bit. But that archer's got that bow up, and he's just going to whack that fucker as soon as he gets clear of his guards. So there's an opportunity for you then as a game master to get through the cool monologue thing or have the really neat encounter where it's touch and go, but you're not fudging the dice. That's, that's where I'm going more, like I said, back in the day I used to fudge dice all the freaking time, and now I manipulate the tactics, and I don't manipulate the dice as much.
0: So you're kind of doing what I do. You don't roll the dice, man. You just dictate no, I do roll that. Oh, no, that's cool, man. I I, I totally respect I, that, man.
1: I just manipulate tactics.
0: Wait, freaking tomato, <laughs> you know tomato.
1: It? No, it is it's not
0: tomato, tomato.
1: If you've got ten goblins attacking a party, and you just and you decide tactically speaking, you know what? They're not here to fight to the death. Not every fight is a fight to the death. If you kill three quarters of them, the last of them flee. You know, you could you could have every fight be a fight to the death if you want. But that in and of itself makes for a really shitty story, I think. But anyway. So my point is that if I'm going to jack around with an encounter, whatever it is, I'm going to jack around with the tactics of that encounter. I'm not going to mess with the dice anymore. Used to mess with the dice. I don't do that anymore. See?
0: Ditch the dice. That's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know, what? I think there's going to be somebody that agrees with me. They're going to be like, oh, I totally understand where Sean's coming from, man. I'm totally on board. Fuck the dice.
1: There's nobody that agrees with you, Sean.
0: No more fudging. Remove the dice. There. Fudging is not an issue. Next. Next topic.
1: Uh, If you've ever played Amber Diceless, you'll know that fudging is definitely an issue. Still.
0: Fudging in Amber Diceless?
1: You can get... There can be some really wonky stuff that I've encountered with Amber. We're basically... Instead of bending the dice rules, you end up bending the rest of the rules because, well, one, they're <laughs> really vague and written like stereo instructions. So anyway, different topic, different day. So if I put the DM fudging aside and talk about players, I've had players with the whole I want to die perspective. I, I really want to this to be my character's final moment. Would you care if a character or, or player, excuse me, were to fudge the dice in order to fail? <laughs> these, would, these, would would that would that bother you oh sh-
0: well you know because
1: uh, we usually it, see cheating is like look i'm gonna uh, cheat for- and here's where i'm coming from is that you <laughs> they have- don't they don't
0: hit you dude sorry <laughs> <laughs> they didn't hit but, you you want to die they just don't hit you i don't know what I to distinct- tell you
1: i distinctly remember this it was kind of we were playing a game in uh, in college. I was playing a D anD D game, and I had these these guys were, were going at it. And my buddy John is, is the game master at the time. And Andy, his uh, he gets charmed or controlled in some way. He's supposed to. He's like death on two legs, you know, fighter dude. He's gonna lay waste to the party because he's inside with us. Like, ah, fuck, he's killing us. But <laughs> Andy started Andy started fudging to fail. Right, he forgot to add modifiers. Oh, it, you know, did he purposely you know, or I don't? He, he always claimed he didn't. Oh shit, I forgot. I was just you know whatever. But I'm like, I don't. I think he cheated not to kill us. You know. Yeah. But at the time, we're you know we're in college and we're playing, and his characters are like, well, yeah, tenth, twelfth level D and D dudes. We we brought up from babyhood, basically. I really, I'm, I'm glad you cheated, kind of thing. You know, when when it benefits us, but. I have seen people too where they're like, look, I'm, I'm going to do this thing and I don't care if I die. Well, you should roll a die. No, I, I don't care if I fail. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do this thing. And they look at me as the game master and say, look, I'm going to jump in and try to plug the hole with my dead body. Okay.
0: Well, I guess it depends on what they're, what they're actually doing. Like, So when they say, I don't care if I die, that's fine. But what are they going to do? What? What is okay? Great. It's kind of like the Pathfinder thing. I check for traps. Great. What are you doing to check for traps? Like describe what you're doing. Where is some searching. narrative going? Yeah, get some narrative going. So, what are you great? You are all kamikaze, Harry Carey. What are you doing? I'm I, okay. Somebody shoots an arrow, it's going to hit Brett's guy. Can I jump in front of it? Maybe. Give me a roll. But if it's kind of if you, you you don't have to roll right. If you just say, "Well, I'm okay with dying," but it's still even if you're the guy, like even if it was real life, and I tried to, you know, I was a bodyguard and I tried to dive in front of a shoot, you know, a shot bullet, doesn't mean I'm successful. True. So maybe, but then,
1: then the maybe that's player, maybe the,
0: maybe that's the story. Like the it, smart <laughs> man, woke up wants, and Reagan
1: got shot. That's just how it works.
0: <laughs> well. Maybe that's like Martin Riggs, man, from Lethal Weapon. He's like a recluse, suicidal guy, but he can't he, – he's not successful. Well, that's a bad example. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad example. But then what I'm saying is maybe, maybe the players come to grips with death, and that makes everybody on, uh, uh, uneasy because they're, they're crazy. They're like, you are going to jeopardize our party, dude. So I think some of that stuff, you know, how, are you gonna, how are you going to want to die? Like if you're dex like okay so if you're a player and there's a dex mechanic in your armor class say okay I don't move cuz dex is kind of like you're moving right you're yep. you're ducking and dodging all right so you just stand there doesn't mean the guy can hit you True enough Maybe the guy's like thought you were going to move one way and you didn't and he he anticipates Yeah anticipates your move and actually misses you even without your dex Well ain't that some shit <laughs> Isn't it wouldn't it be cool with the person that like, <laughs> It would be awesome to have a player like that that you wouldn't kill.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, can't die. <laughs> Blessed by the gods you are. Can't die. But my star captain needs to die to save the ship. Sorry, can't die. Well, stay here. I don't care if the oxygen is running low. I'll be the one to pilot to the heart of the sun. Sorry, can't die. Yeah. What?
0: <laughs> yeah. You go out on the other side of the sun. Crazy. Get a really good sunburn.
1: I what actually the reason I started talking about players is because what happened to me was I was playing with some guys a couple of jobs back. I was chatting about it with somebody about fudging dice and, or, and whatnot because <clears throat> we had a player with us who was a abysmal cheater. He was bad, 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 bad. <laughs> um, I think I've told you this before. He was uh, he was Australian and his accent, his Australian accent, instead of saying Paladin, he would always say Paladin. And he had this, say, he would say Paladin with this very thick Australian accent. Which I can't do. There's some high school,
0: and, or as a matter of fact, uh, Happy Jacks just mentioned if asked if anybody pronounced it pal- paladin.
1: Yeah, well, apparently this this dude out of Australia did, and he was he was playing with us, and he was a horrible fucking cheater. And and the joke in the group was he would use his you know smite evil like 18 times a day when you're not allowed to just crazy shit. And the joke was, well, he's a paladin and not an actual paladin, so therefore the paladins have different powers, right? We knew it was bad, and. So like we were talking about this one time without this individual in the room, and they said, "God damn, that was just—it's just he's cheating. It's really annoying. What are we going to do about it?" So we're trying to figure out how we're going to address this problem. And I can't remember who it was, but one of the players said something like, "You know, it's—it's it's okay if the DM's doing it because for the sake of the game, or whatever. bam, when a player does it, that's just wrong." See, and I'm like, so that—that—that that, that was one of the turning points. Honestly, in my head, I'm like, "I don't—I don't know if I buy that argument anymore." Like I said, I used to I used to think, well, I I need to mess with the dice to hit you or not hit you and, and make this this dramatic scene. When I'm like, no, you know what I need to do is instead of manipulating the dice, I should you know use the tactics, use the brains of the creature or the NPCs do, dealing you know, with you in the encounter instead of instead of fucking with the dice. Let the encounter do the talking, if you will, and have that work because otherwise. I do feel like when I'm messing with the dice now in the back of my head, I have that conversation going on and I'm like, you're cheating. You're rolling a die to hit this guy and you're purposely missing him because it would be really cool not to kill Dave's character. It would be really cool to leave, you know, Kristen's character alive because she's really put a lot of time and thought into it. It's not a good time for her to die. Well, guess what? Kristen's the same you, one. Who made you t- DM? Uh, rule zero.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right.
1: But the, um, the other piece then is um, one of the other arguments from that conversation, you know, like I said with that group where I had the horrible cheater, was the, well, if I put myself in a stupid situation because my character or I play – if I play my character like a moron, I deserve to die. It doesn't matter how cool I am or how great it would be if I was there for the big boss fight at the end. If I'm the dumbass who jumps down the dragon's throat, I deserve to die even if the dragon's not the big final battle. I do something stupid, I deserve to die. Don't save me um, just because I did something dumb and you think it'd be cool to have me there for the Lich fight. Fucking kill me. If I did something stupid, I'm dead. Yeah, so no, again, I,
0: agree with, I agree with that. I mean, there's some players that want to go out on top or big and valiant or whatever they're doing. Um, Stern Brightblade and Dragonlance wants to take on the dragon, Mono e mono Dragono.
1: Yeah, and he dies. Yeah, and he,
0: yeah. Sucker, see, yeah, (laughs) I mean,
1: standing there, tough and strong, right through the chest. Oh, just goes to tell
0: it just goes to tell you that honor is not always smart,
1: (laughs) exactly. So, that said, I think one of the things that happens is that when game masters are fudging and it becomes very obvious, then there's a point when you're like, really, dude,
0: they're not fudging it right.
1: There, yeah, if you're gonna fudge it, it has to, you have to do. I'm something. telling you, man.
0: I'm telling you, I'm the king.
1: You're the king. You're the best I, liar behind the screen, man. You won't even know it, because honestly, if you're if you're fudging too much, and God knows what the hell too much actually is, but my he- my head tells me if you're going at it too much and no one can die, this that and the other thing, it's almost uh, it's a bit of a railroad in a way because you're like I, you can't die until it's right what, what the fuck does that mean
0: well here's the deal if it comes down to fudging maybe you don't need a die roll
1: yeah okay right? why well, do do a well, die take, roll take that further take that further
0: it may not combat aside because combat's a whole other ball game and I think that fudging is probably <laughs> playing a part when it comes into combat right oh he hits so he misses uh, you know whatever but I think like uh, oh they have to find a clue They have to find the MacGuffin and you roll and they don't roll good enough.
1: Nice to call a Cthulhu mistake, right? I I didn't find the manuscript and therefore the deep one rises up and eats me.
0: Or you're just, or the story comes to a halt like, oh shit, now what do we do?
1: Nothing. You didn't find the stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, (laughs) you tell me, I'm the GM. What do you do? You didn't, you know, you search, you didn't find anything. It's sitting in a drawer, you know, they need it to get on to the next leg of the journey. Just give him the fricking clue.
1: There, honestly, no, no die
0: fudging. That would be true. My, see, or you hit the little button
1: and on your little nice. on
0: your phone and go, yeah, you found something.
1: Clackety clack. Oh, you found it.
0: You found it. It's in the drawer.
1: What's well, that's say? where that's where gumshoe comes in. Where gumshoe believes that look, <clears throat> clues should not stop the story. It's what you do with the clues that that are more that's more entertaining. That's right. I depending on where you're at, my general theory is that if there's one thing you have to have in order to complete whatever the quest is or storyline, whatever it is, if it's absolutely honestly only one very particular MacGuffin type of thing, you better have more than one way to get the fucking thing. Or or you've got a game like my buddy Lenny where you're like, look, you failed, the, the world goes pear shaped, everybody dies, and you as players have to be okay with that, saying, look, I failed. That's the way the dice rolled. Yeah, we didn't get it, and Great Cthulhu rose up, and now the Earth is uh, full of blasted uh, darkness and death, and that's just how it is. Cannibals running in the streets. Hey, what are you going to do? We failed. And that can be okay. That's right.
0: Yeah, if that's the story that you're going to tell, GM.
1: If you're going to tell, you're going to force me. So I think some of the the die-fudging... When I hear you say that, what it brings to my mind is this concept of, I as the Game Master have a story I'm going to tell, and you're along for the ride. And that's where, if it's done too heavy-handed, it becomes a railroad-y type feeling. Like, look, I'm telling you a story. There it is. Down the Sean Railroad train! All aboard the Sean Express! So it becomes a point where if I'm, telling, if I'm telling you a story, and you don't really have any part in it you're doing different things and it's kind of cool and fun and, and whatever but you'll die when I want you to die because it makes sense in my story that it doesn't always sit with folks very well and well, I think I, I can definitely see where that would be where that would be upsetting
0: I also think it depends on the game system you're running No, ah, we haven't talked about that Brett huh? yeah good point yeah. fair points I can't imagine playing first edition AD&D and making a death save and and
1: are you know
0: or, you know some of those saves are not easy.
1: True. Savers of poison or die. First, yeah,
0: first Flick. or second uh, level. A two. Yeah. I'm dead. Back in the day, man. I mean, if you didn't fudge dice, people were going to be dropping off, and people are okay with that. And then there's some that are not. That was when when we were back in the '80s. Um, when people said, "Yeah, you oh you play D and D, cool. Who's what's your highest character? What level? And you go, oh, "I'm 10th. They go, "Whoa." That's
1: wow. That's great. 15th level. Oh yeah. Right. Cool. Sure. Like you're yeah. not cheating.
0: But <sighs> I mean, if you got to like seventh level, it was an accomplishment because you, there is a lot of crap that would come up that would, I mean, if you didn't fudge the dice, seventh level was
1: an achievement. Well, as I said, if you play through white blue mountain, there's a uh, trap in there that gives you instant super tetanus <laughs> and you die. There's nothing you can, you're hit. You're dead. There's no save. There's no cure. Nothing You just fucking die. You know, you get stabbed by a purple worm. You're dead. O- okay. Too bad. That it just go- happened. That goes back to me. If Wandering I pl- monster hits you, you die. <laughs> See,
0: if I play a game like that, it's like, all right, there's a door. Okay, I keep going straight. You need to check the door? Nope. I keep going. Okay, you but, come come what to what a What do- about the door? It looks really yeah. cool. Okay, you come to a T intersection, left or right. Do I hear anything coming down from the right side? Give me a roll. Yes, you do. So okay, Okay, well, I go the other way.
1: It's, now, like, it's it, like
0: a rat because, maze.
1: So if we take <clears> – <throat> I don't want to do this. Call of Cthulhu is notorious for – I think what happens is that player, some of the dice fudging from historical perspective, and I'm pulling this out of my ass basically through our conversation here. Thing, I think you're right in that when things were very deadly or <clears> – <throat> excuse me. People were dying in mass numbers. They'd be like, really? I got to make a new fucking character? Yeah, it takes me 10 minutes. But god damn I'd really like to keep this guy. I like to do – I like to get to the end of the bloody adventure for a change. And I, I, I can see where people would fudge the dice or – or, or <coughs> excuse me, fudge the dice or, um, you know, like in my perspective, manipulating the tactics and so forth. Now, some of your games like your Pathfinder, tons of different skills and feats and spells and cool stuff there. You've got some of the better – um, uh, the, the other modern games that you've got <coughs> – excuse me. Were lots of different skill checks and different things you can do. I think the, some of these systems where, you know, first edition AD&D, there were no skills. You know, you just – you talked about what you were going to do. There were no skills involved. So I think some of those other – some of the rule sets, to your point, now have ways to – multiple attempts with dice to get past an obstacle. You can – Check for traps. You can use a perception check. You can listen, hear noise. You can sneak. Everybody can try to hide in shadows. Everybody can try to do something. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think there's more. You're not necessarily down to one shot, one die roll, and you fail, you're dead.
0: No, you know, where I you agree. You fail, you don't right. get
1: the thing. There's multiple opportunities. If you have five people in a room at Call of Cthulhu and they're all searching, you've got five attempts to find the thing. You should probably find the thing. Somewhere well, yeah. within those five. Well, even
0: five. even five e gives you three three death saves DC ten three yeah. and you get a fail three consecutive t- three three
1: times, or a one in one failure, and then you are dead. Huh? If you roll a natural one, it gives you two deaths.
0: Tick, true. Tick. Yes, that is true. But still, Wait.
1: point is, point is, there is more than one opportunity to do a thing. Correct. <clears throat> there no, is no. There
0: is no save. save or die?
1: No, not much anymore, no. No. And I think even, again, for me, the tactics, manipulating the tactics and the encounter, I'm saying tactics, but I'm talking about the encounter, whatever's going on, is a more, I keep using the word tactic or tactile, but it's this more uh, engaging way for players and characters to be involved in what's going on and make decisions. If you see... Um, the first time you encounter Waverin, if you find its lair and you see this nasty, viscous, poisonous stuff spread around, you see a you know animal that's been stabbed, or it smells like poison. You ha- give players opportunity to find out the fact: hey, the fucking thing is poisonous. Before they deal with it, you know you're giving people an opportunity to use the world and all the knowledge that they can pull in, all those great knowledge checks and historical information or whatever they have about the world. Or they can say, hey, everyone's from Alpha Centauri has this thing. And again, you, more than one way to get a thing done. If you the more re- real you make the world and the more you can interact with it, the more opportunities you have to uh keep the story moving in different directions, and you don't have to mess with the dice anymore. You don't have to fudge a die roll. You know, <clears throat> in your example, somebody's monologuing. If my bad guy's talking, he's standing somewhere where you're at. I describe the world or the setting or the environment in such a way that you can't get your shot. Talk, talk, talk. I want to get a shot. You have to move to your left. Okay. I move to my, left. make a stealth roll. You're trying to sink through the crowd. Okay. I get through the crowd. Good. I get my ball. Well, he's over here. You got to wait. Talk, talk, talk. Boom. Now he's free. Well, I said all the f- cool pieces I wanted to say in that process, I got the information across the party. The wizard has been taking copious notes. That player's got all this cool shit down that I said. Fine. Now he can. Now he can fucking die. That's okay.
0: He's got a force field up.
1: Force field. Too bad.
0: Sucker, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, yeah. and you attacked. Oh, oh no. He knows where you are now, and he's badass. And he's gonna put the big old fireball sixty-eight right on Lam. your head.
1: AOE, bitches. So anyway, I'm curious – cur- I know I know. Chris Nizak hates fudging dice, and as I alluded to here, I'm getting away from it more and more. I'm, I'm more about utilizing the world itself, the tactics, making the creatures act in a uh, – in a manner that fits – that fitting of them. If you've got cowardly kobolds or you've got well-organized goblins or something, having them behave in a certain way is more entertaining to me and makes the world more alive – than it is if I'm just fudging dice. I think fudging dice is, is a rudimentary, very basic way to tell a story. And I think if you're working with the players and you give really cool um, tactics and an environment and things they can interact with, I think that's a much much more enterprising way, more advanced, if you will, format to to kind of keep things moving.
0: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our topic on fudging dice. If you fudge dice and cheat...
1: If you fudge dice and cheat, you bastards.
0: If you fudge dice, you're cheating, and if you're a cheater, write us in at uh, gamingnbs at gmail or you can leave a comment in our show notes at uh, gamingnbs forward slash zero forty four, or reach out to us, reach out to us on uh, Google Plus or Facebook or Twitter.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Or the big you, dice, or the phone number, the big dice phone number nine two nine big dice. I'm curious though. I mean, there's if nothing else, I'd like to hear if people do you hate it, like it, or don't care. As long as it's not glaringly glaringly obvious that game masters cheating, eh? Whatever, I don't care. We're having fun. Maybe that's what they think. I don't know. I'm well, curious. That, that's the trick,
0: man. You can't let them know, because then they oh, won't yeah. know. So then they can't care. Uh, see, uh, oh, there you go. I'm go. telling you, I might take.
1: She'll, she'll sign, smarter, see smarter, not harder. Sign
0: up for my game at Gamehole. Gamehole con. <laughs> If you want to play and have a good time, I guarantee it. Trust me, I guarantee it. Nice. Because I can. Anyways, (laughs) speaking of dice, die roll. Let's fudge this sucker. All right, die roll.
1: Oh, I rolled a five. What What'd you get? (laughs) Looks like you got a three. Oh, that's amazing.
0: (laughs) Brett's fudging again. A
1: little bit. Die Roll, where we talk, uh,
0: bring about two to four miscellaneous points of gaming geekery. We want to share with you and bring to your attention because it's really cool. You may not know about it. Maybe you do, and that's okay. Brett,
1: you have five. I went for five. I went over two to four because I fudged, right? So I just added an extra modifier because I figured, fuck it, why not? <sighs> so um, there's a new trailer out on, for stars Ash versus Evil Dead. If you've seen Army of Darkness, any of the Evil Dead movies with Bruce Campbell, Go out there, watch this thing. It looks awesome. It's as campy and as wonderful as Bruce Campbell gets. It looks just awesome to me. Um, basically I've got, I've got two more trailers to talk about here. Batman versus Superman. There's a new trailer out. Got there's it's out on YouTube. I got a link in there in case you haven't seen it for some strange reason. Um I'm not a Superman fan, never have been. I really hope the I really hope that I get to watch Batman beat the living shit out of Superman because I can't stand him. But the biggest thing that kind of hit me when I watched this one was like Ben Affleck looks like he's doing an okay job. I was kind of, uh, I was kind of shying away from it because like, Ben Affleck's going to fuck this up so bad. They but say what that I've, about every damn
0: movie. They exactly, don't like the exactly. actor for.
1: Well, when I saw it, when I saw the trailer, I went I don't look that bad. Oh, it looks like he's doing okay. I might actually go see this one.
0: It's either going to be epic or epic flop.
1: <laughs> epic win, epic fail, one of the two.
0: I like the premise. Yeah. Superman being kind of that that god guy.
1: And well, it's kind of the, it's kind of the Frank Miller's um uh Batman Returns type of thing, right? Where that's where you get to watch Batman beat the shit out of Superman in the comics. But anyway, it's that concept of hey, you're an alien the hell. You can destroy the entire planet. Uh I think we need to deal with that. Interesting.
0: Yeah, put him in check.
1: <clears throat> the other one there's a Deadpool movie. And uh, there's a leaked le- quote-unquote leaked trailer out there, of course, so it's out there all over the place. Um, uh, dorkly.com. I've got the link in the show notes here. It looks kind of fun. It's I, I believe it is the first rated R comic book movie that we've gotten. There's, oh, that's uh, a good point. There's plenty of cussing, swearing, and shooting people in the head, which is pretty much what Deadpool – Deadpool's a mean, badass motherfucker. I mean, honestly, I, I really wish they'd make a rated R Wolverine movie just so you could see him – do what he does. I mean, Wolverine has six razor sharp adamantium clause, be fucking killing people. You know? But anyway, this could be kind of fun. Nothing else, the irreverent humor of Deadpool will make it will make it a hoot. Um, number four, Drive Through RPG has the first edition AD&D players handbook. Speaking about old school needing to fudge dice, it's on sale for ten bucks. I'm not sure how long that's gonna last. We got a link out there, go take a look. I got a question.
0: I got a question about that. Yeah? Why would I want to buy that?
1: Why would you want to buy that? i can't
0: get Osric for nothing.
1: <clears throat> True. You could get Osric for nothing. However, Osric does not have um, the Monk class, and um, there's a couple other tidbits that are in the first edition. If you're going to play with somebody who's going to play hardcore first ed, and you want the original rules for $10, bucks, you have got the PDF in case you need it.
0: Fair enough. Okay, you sold me. Thanks, Brett.
1: Oh, awesome. Good. Get my little percentage. Um, The last one is, um, my youngest son, AJ, wanted to be a DM today. He took a couple weeks, made up this little dungeon. He got a world map I gave him, and um, my son, Connor, had two characters, a cleric and a thief, and I had my gnome fighter. We went in, and AJ fucking toasted us the first door. Connor's thief, forgot to check for traps, decided (laughs) not to tell him, and uh, fireball. 86, blam! Total TPK. And he was Giggling, AJ was just giggling. Sort of like, all right. Now he's got a taste. And Connor, exactly. He's tasting <laughs> human blood. It's never
0: going to be the None. same again.
1: So I think he took uh, Sean and Phil's uh, Google Plus comments too seriously. Like, hey, got to kill at least one of them. Let them know who's in charge.
0: Y'all got to die sometime. Also, um, sometime. And then so, Phil said, like, yeah, to kill one guy, establish dominance.
1: He's like, all three of us dead. Well, there you go. So Connor looks at him and goes, do we have to make new characters? AJ's like, nah. I'll let you try again. <laughs> oh, that was fun. A mercy. We did get damn. in. It, it was a, uh, it was a mercy. It was a mercy thing. So we got all the way through. We're fighting orcs. We're being clever. We're doing cool stuff, fighting goblins traps. We get up to the last thing. We find this invisible chest. It's got money in it. I accidentally smashed it. Well, I didn't accidentally I smashed the chest with my war pick and I shattered the big diamond or excuse me, Sapphire that was in it. And that there was AJ. There was no coming back from it. He's like, Nope, you wrecked it. It's all gone. It's like, an Aw.
0: amazing shot.
1: I, just like, I bet it. It was, you couldn't even. Split. It was really big too. It was like as big as a baby's head type of thing, and I hit it. Whoa.
0: you couldn't even. You couldn't even like take that thing out with a skill and probably slice it probably not in a, in a nice
1: manner. But the last thing he got me with was this leg of mutton. So this leg of mutton in this invisible chest that this bugbear had. And Aj is describing it to me like it's a secret stash of very special food, and he gets me to bite. I mean, hook line and sink. I'm like. I think my son came up with some magic healing food or something crazy like that. I'm wounded. I'll eat it. He looks at me and goes, daddy, you're diseased. I'm like, oh, come <laughs> on. I said, do I get a saving throw? He goes, no, it's too dangerous. I'm like, oh, no, Jesus. no,
0: save. No, it's safe. Can't even done. stomach it. Straight arsenic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we all aspect. He goes, you got three days before you're dead.
0: Holy oh, shit. he didn't give you a three days. Yeah,
1: I'm like, haul ass back to the temple that sent us on this thing. And uh, I lost one of my uh, my rewards by having them cure me, which was nice of him.
0: We need to bring him on the show to talk about dice fudging.
1: <clears throat> yeah. He, he, oh, he was as they fall, man. Sorry, <laughs> you're dead. He rolled 8D6 right in front of me. He goes, oh, uh, look at this, Dad. That's like 30 hit points. <laughs> I'm like, actually, it's 34. I goes, oh, wow, you guys are all dead. <laughs> it's just, it was fun.
0: No fudging dice there.
1: No way. Murderous little bugger. God, he made me proud. Love that kid. Your turn.
0: John Carter RPG coming Christmas twenty Christmas twenty fifteen from Modifius Entertainment.
1: Hmm. Link in
0: the show notes. Check it out. So if you're a John Carter fan, <laughs> did uh, who who wrote John Carter? Edgar Should Rice Burroughs. Edgar Burrows? Rice Burroughs. Yeah.
1: Yep, Edgar Rice Burroughs. So if
0: you're a fan of the books and uh, wanna, in the movie wasn't bad. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, I saw this thing, which I thought was pretty freaking cool. Somebody posted it on G+. They, they, they posted it privately, so I'm not going to name who it was. 30 most terrifyingly creepy places from around the world. This is a true link, true places that exist. Go there. They will definitely give you inspiration on your next game.
1: I'm looking at them right now. That's, pretty, that's pretty freaking creepy. Freaking freaky. We're good talking stuff.
0: like churches built out of all bones, you know, an island or yeah, I think it was an island where there's just hanging dolls from trees. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, check it out. Into the Badlands. Just pulled this up last minute. It's a trailer that was released at Comic-Con. For the new AMC series coming this November, and uh, it's got some chapsaki in it, so there's some martial arts. I like there is it.
1: a there is a samurai looking dude with a katana on a motorcycle. We are almost <sighs> almost hitting the <clears throat> what is it? We're rocker, rocker boys, boys and, and, vending and vending machines. machines. Yeah. We're almost there. Yeah. We're almost there.
0: I liked it. I think that's got a lot of potential for some uh, additional uh, inspiration. For a post-apocalyptic game. Looks pretty cool. It looked pretty cool, and the trailer's really awesome. Yeah. Sweet. That's right. So that's all we have for you tonight here on Gaming NBS.
1: Although, we never did get Sean to say if he actually fudges his dice or not. He's staying.
0: It it has to remain a mystery.
1: Remain a mystery. I already told you. I don't. I don't use dice. I'm gonna find out Wednesday when we play. That's what I'm Amber Shawnless, <laughs>
0: because because uh, I think the experience should be seen through the GM's eyes. All right. No, I'm kidding. But anyways, if you like what you hear, go over to iTunes, leave us a review, tell somebody else to give us a shot and uh, listen to us, and then drop us a line at any of the uh, the avenues uh, social media. Uh, Twitter, got it. Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, or email us or give us a call. I'm we're one of your. I'm one we're of everywhere, your everywhere man. Yeah, wherever you are. Dang, ran out of the the outro. It's so That's short. Okay. Yeah. There you have it. Do you fudge dice? Do you dice fudge? <laughs> That's enough. Do you eat fudge dice? Sign off, Sean. Hurry up. Do you play fudge? With dice. If you do any of those, leave us a comment. All right, I'm one of your hosts, Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Good night, good game and all.